So, Father, as we come to your word this morning, Holy Spirit, speak to us. Stir us, challenge us, impart truth into our lives, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as you drive around everywhere, you see eating places with signs blazing in bright lights calling you to indulge in more food. We love our food. How many of you love food here this morning? Has it become an idol? When problems come, many of us turn to food for comfort. But really, God wants us not to turn to food because that won't deal with the problem. He wants us to turn to Him. And uh, with food at almost every social occasion, a call to fast and pray seems out of step with the times. It's like, you are kidding me, aren't you? You don't really expect me to go without food? Well, maybe I don't, but God certainly does. This morning, we want to welcome in to this message, Church Unlimited Whangarei Family. And also our Church Unlimited Kaitaia family. <laughs> wow. They really do love you down here at Church Unlimited in Auckland. I trust that you guys love us just as much in return. Okay, we look forward to seeing you. If you can make it at New Zealand and beyond in just a few weeks' time as the whole family comes together. I hope you're going to enjoy this message as well. Younger's Bible Dictionary, or the Younger's Dictionary, the word fast originally meant to cover one's mouth with one's hand. That's what it means. And so that stops the intake of food, obviously, but also it stops the outflow of words. So when you're fasting, it's a time to listen to God, to get into His presence and get a now word for your life. Some of you may be asking, what is fasting? Fasting is actually going without food. Would you believe that? You know, some people aren't sure what fasting is. It means you go without food. Some people do a partial fast, so they go without vegetables. I think that's harder than going without food, quite frankly. <laughs> Others do a partial fast, they go without sweets. You know, no ice cream and cake and all the rest of it. Uh, but there's also other kinds of fasts from t- media and TV. But this one that we're doing is a fast from food. But make sure you have plenty of fluids to drink. So with fasting mentioned so often in Scripture, do you know how often it's found in Scripture? It's found in the Bible one-third as much as prayer. So prayer is mentioned all over the Bible, but so is fasting. It's just in there everywhere. And also, you know, when you look at those, you know, those who practice fasting, there was Moses and David and Elijah, Esther, Daniel, Anna, Paul, you know, Jesus, modern days or recent, you know, after scripture, Luther, Finney, Tarkbana, <laughs> Don James, Paul Garrett up there in Kaitai. I know those guys fast as well. And, um, you know, it's, it's so common in scripture, so common in history, people who have changed their world were people who knew how to pray and fast. And you know, this message is like medicine that doesn't taste very nice, but it's really good for you. All right. So keep on listening, take it in, swallow it. It may 
not taste, it may be sour, it may be bitter, but I'm telling you, it's going to change your life. So stay tuned. Long array, Kai Tai, stick with us, all right? The Buddhists have holy fasts. So they go a whole day fasting. With Islam, they fast 30 days in the month of Ramadan every year from sunup to sundown. Would you not think if the Buddhists do it, Muslims do it, other religions do it, surely God's people as Christians, we should also engage in this most powerful and incredible discipline. There's no question that Christians should fast. And if you've got any doubt about it, let me give you a few verses of Scripture. Matthew 6 and verse 3 says, When you give. Matthew 6 and verse 16 says, when you, sorry, verse 6 says, when you pray. And verse 16 says, when you fast. So when you give, yes, we all give. When you pray, of course, we all pray. When you fast, so we all fast. Jesus, listen, expects every Christian to fast. Tell the person next to you, Jesus expects you to fast. Kaitai, you do this as well, please, and Whangarei. Fasting is the great exchange. Fasting is the great exchange. Do you know what that means? It means we exchange physical food in order to receive spiritual food. Spiritual food that is going to get you closer to God. It's going to change your life. It's going to move in your circumstances. We all want more of God. And one way to get it is through fasting. So as a church, uh, Unlimited and and, in City and in um, West and also up in Kaitai, we're doing 10 days of prayer and fasting. But Whangarei, they are so godly up there, so spiritual, so annoying. They are doing 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I have actually heard that Pastor Don himself is going to do 40 days prayer and fasting. And of course, he needs to because he carries so much excess weight. If you have seen him. All right. Fasting is going to help to control your passions. We're used to giving ourselves whatever we want. You're out in the shops. I want a donut. What do you do? You get a donut and you consume the thousand calories that come with it, a moment on your lips and forever on your hips. You know, that's the way it works, doesn't it? Richard Foster says our stomach is like a spoiled child. Mm -hmm. And spoiled children do not need indulgence. They need discipline. Your stomach needs discipline. You need to control it. Tell it to shut down. Tell it to be quiet because it's crying out. It's screaming all the time for more food. You've got to discipline. You say, stomach, shut up. No, you cannot have that apple pie. No, you cannot have that McDonald's burger that you want. You can't have that extra slice and ice cream to go with it. So you talk to your stomach. As people walk out today, they're going to be talking to It's a spoiled child, isn't it? 
It is, isn't it? It is. And so we've got to learn to control it because God wants us to be controlled not by our stomachs, but by the Spirit. We're to be Spirit-controlled people. We're to not be flesh-dominated. If you want to be more a Spirit person, I'm telling you, fasting heightens the Spirit within you. You want to get closer to God? You want to feel His presence and His power? Fasting diminishes the flesh appetites and increases the appetite of the Spirit and the sensitivity to the Spirit. I find after I've been praying and fasting, often God is nearer, God is closer, His voice is is more available to me, your spirit is lifted. You know the way gold was refined was that the oil was placed in a great cauldron and a fire was underneath it, heated it up. And what would happen is impurities would rise, you know how it goes, and to the surface I'd get skimmed off until the whole thing was purified more and more. What fasting does is it turns up the heat in our lives. And when you're fasting, what happens is some, some impurities begin to come to the surface. And you begin to see what controls your life. You're going to see how much food may control your life. Maybe other things might surface like anger might come up or, or unforgiveness or, or some jealousy. You know, things are going to come up. So fasting, God uses it, then he wants to skim it off. So he's actually refining us and purifying our lives. You see, there's a lot of benefits in, in fasting. It's that medicine that doesn't taste nice, but my, is it good for you. It's going to change you, and we've got to learn to take this difficult medicine in our lives. When you, get a, you can actually buy a, a car battery cleaner to clean the corrosion off the posts. What it does is so the leads have a better connection with the battery. As a result of that, the electricity from the battery can flow more electricity to the parts of the car where it is needed. And so there's a greater flow of electricity from the battery. And fasting is like a battery post cleaner in our lives. And so it can remove some of the corrosion that's got into our spirit. You know, some of the attitudes that have got in there, some of the, the, the jealousies maybe, or the ambitions, or, or, or things that we know, impatience, or unforg- things that we know are not right in our lives. You know, there's a, there's a corrosion in our spirit which, which hinders the flow of the Spirit of God permeating all of our lives and they're flowing out of us into other people. So it's like there's blockages, uh, you know, in our spirit that hinder all that God wants to do through us. And fasting is like a cleansing agent. It's like, a, you know, God doing a, a work in our spirit. So there's a, a greater flow, a greater spirit dimension. The anointing increases. The fasting has fantastic benefits. Of course, we know fasting hurts and your stomach complains. You know, you, you know so for some of you, when you start fasting, your stomach's going to say, you're kill- I'm going to die. That's when you're going to think you're going to die. But the good news is this, that the body will rid itself of gunk and of toxins. And it will cleanse your body. In fact, my doctor recommended to me recently, you know, he said it's good for you to do some fasting. Just on a natural level, it's good for your body. They say the body goes into ketosis, which means it breaks down fat cells. And the reason you get so hungry is, this is good news, is that your fat cells are dying by the minute. Isn't that good news? Who needs some fat cells to die? Yeah. Yeah, that you, you kill them. And so fasting has immeasurable benefits for all of us. 
And, uh, you know, there's a pastor who was fasting. They might have been Don, I'm not sure, but he was fasting, getting really hungry, and there's a knock on the door, and there's a lady from the church turns up with this fantastic-looking cake. And, you know, pastor's resisting a bit, but the lady says, the Lord sent me. (laughs) And Don says, I believe he did, and he scoffs the whole cake down. (laughs) All right, Don, don't you do that, will you? Or I'm not trying to pick on Don as well. I'm sure Paul's... Just the same up there as well. Okay. Fasting, listen, sharpens our prayers. See, sometimes our prayers can seem dull, ineffective, and you feel they're not getting through to God. Now, stay with me, please. We're going to go to Nehemiah chapter 1. Nehemiah in chapter 1. There's an incredible passage of Scripture here that teaches us some of the power of fasting. Nehemiah chapter 1. We're going to read verse 3 and 4. And they said... To me, Nehemiah, the survivors are left from the captivity in the province, are there in great distress and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is also broken down, and its gates are burned with fire. So Nehemiah gets a bad report. This is about his people in the homeland. It's a terrible report. They're in distress and they're in trouble. And maybe you've got a bad report in your life right now. Maybe there's things happening that you wish weren't happening in your life. It may be to do personally, it may be to do with your workplace or your school or your concern for the nation, whatever it might be. Watch what happens, verse 4. So it was when I heard these words, when I heard the bad report, when I heard all was not well. Is that you today? What happened? That I sat down and wept and mourned for many days. I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. You see the immediate response of the man of God. He sets himself to prayer and fasting when he's concerned about a situation. Here it's called the state of, the, of Jerusalem. And so what Nehemiah does is he approaches the king. And I'll summarize you verse 4 to 8. He makes an outrageous request, outrageous, to this heathen king. And he says, look, my people are in trouble. One, will you allow me to go back? And rebuild the walls? Would you also give me the materials I need with which to do it? Like Nehemiah, (laughs) you know what you're doing here. And then he says, also, can I have letters of protection? So if anyone bothers us, they're going to have to put up with the might of Persia. It's an outrageous, excessive, unbelievable request. Nehemiah could have had his head chopped on the spot. You didn't talk to kings like that. He could have been instantly thrown in prison and left to die. Why would the king of Persia even think about it? But we know the story. Nehemiah rebuilds the walls. It's an incredible accomplishment that could only be pulled off with God's help, and maybe that's what you need in your situation right now. You need God's help to pull off something incredible, something impossible. Well, he pulls it off. Every one of Nehemiah's requests are granted. Why did that happen, friends? I believe the key was this, that Nehemiah started the whole process with prayer and fasting. And God then moved heaven and earth and the, the king of Persia to to give to him what he really should not have been given. And a great accomplishment takes place, and it all began with this tremendous time of setting himself to pray and to fast. You see, 
Hebrews 11 verse 6 says this, that God rewards those who diligently seek Him. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. And so, friends, we all want rewards, don't we? But what we've got to understand, friends, is that the rewards from heaven don't just come to the casual Christian, the lukewarm Christian who turns up to church every second or third week and doesn't do, you know, is not passionate about God. It, it, the, the rewards are for the diligent seeker, those who pursue God with passion, with prayer, even with fasting. Friends, if you can add fasting to your life, I promise you it will change your walk with God. It will take it to a whole new place and a whole new level. You know, I heard of a, a lady in our church who responded a while ago to, uh, to the call to prayer and fasting, and she was one who found it so difficult, but she fasted for New Zealand and beyond. She had a great financial be- need, and God heard her cry and worked a miracle to the tune of $50,000. Friends, when you fast and pray, there's a connection with heaven that can do it, the impossible or the incredible. That it will leave you astounded. And it will leave you amazed. You know, while I'm fasting, I'm always planning what I'm going to eat at the end of the fast. Anyone like that? Give me away. I'm just working it all out. I'm going, yeah, this day, I'm count, counting the hours to go, the days to go, and I'm planning all that. But guess what? God's not thinking that at all. God's not planning what you're going to eat. God's planning the incredible blessings that he is going to unload upon your life his favor that is going to be released. He, he's planning the, the fact that you've given earthly license for heavenly interference. And God is saying, yeah, finally, I can bless this person, press down, shaken together and running over. And that's what God is planning while we're just planning what to eat. You know, Church Unlimited has fasted and prayed for 27 years. And I believe as we set our hearts now to fast and pray, we can expect massive blessing on Church Unlimited, upon New Zealand and beyond, you know, in your life, in your family, in your circumstances, wherever you need it, you can begin to expect that God is going to do something special. Ezra 8.21 says, I proclaim to fast at the river of Ahava, that we might humble ourselves before our God to see Him, seek from Him the right way for us. As Ezra prayed and fasted. Why? To seek from God the right way. So they're going on a new journey. They're going into new territory. And they wanted to make sure that they were making right decisions and going in right directions. And so they set their hearts to fast and to pray, friends. And so if you want to go successfully in a new direction, if you're planning some kind of a major change in your life, can I encourage you Give yourself to prayer and fasting and say, God, direct me. God, guide me. God, instruct me, friends, because the heart of man, seriously, is desperately wicked. And if we just direct ourselves, we're going to be led by our emotions. We're going to lead by our, our desires. We're going to lead led by our ambitions and all that kind of stuff. But, friends, we don't want to be led by that. We want to be led by the Spirit. The greatest strength or one of the greatest strengths of Church Unlimited is that we are a Spirit-led church. You want to be spirit-led? You have to have a spirit sensitive to the Holy Spirit. You sensitize your spirit through prayer and through fasting. Yeah, there's a price to pay for some of this stuff, but I'm telling you, it is well worth it. As God continues to enlarge Church Unlimited, continues to expand us, 
to new territory and new campuses. We need to fast and pray so that we get it right because it can save us years of heartache. Derek Prince says that some parts of God's will for us will never be attained without fasting. Now, he was a mighty preacher, wasn't he? Mighty teacher. Imagine that. Some aspects, he says, you'll never get without prayer and fasting. Please add fasting, of course, with prayer to your disciplines as a Christian. When you decide to fast, you can be sure of this, someone is going to put chocolate bars on your desk. Or a donut, or whatever you have got a, a, a weakness for, it's going to, you're going to find it on your desk or on your table or somewhere like that. Or the boss is going to take everyone out for a free meal, which he's not done for 40 years, just because you decided to fast. I know of a pastor who went to a, a restaurant and uh, they offered him a free meal. He said that he, it never happened before. He'd been to that restaurant 50 times. But the day he was fasting, he was offered a free meal. You can be sure the enemy will do everything he can to stop you praying and stop you from fasting. You know, it's in this season of acceleration of expansion, it really is so important that we increase our praying, increase our fasting. Church Unlimited West City, I encourage you, increase in prayer. Get along to the prayer meetings. We need to sustain what God is doing right now. Church Unlimited Whangarei, can I ask you, support the prayer meetings that are run up there. Church Unlimited uh, Kaitai, please get along to the prayer meetings. We, it's, it's essential that we pray like never before. You know, when the, when the, the surf is up, you, just, you, know, you paddle a bit faster if you, if you want to just keep going. But when God is at work, we need to pray more, not less, and, and just see that momentum continue to move us forward. And of course, add to that some fasting would be fantastic. See, our vision, it takes huge spiritual power to take new territory. Yeah. And Church Unlimited is called to take territory for God. We're called to impact Auckland for Jesus. We're called to impact Northland with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're called to take territory for God. And friends, Beyond that, we're going to go to other regions of Auckland that are already, uh, other regions of New Zealand that are already in the planning process. But friends, this takes tremendous spiritual power, tremendous spiritual authority in God. And you just can't march into these areas and just say, well, you know, we're here now and the the, area is going to fall to us. No, it's not going to fall to us. We're going to fight and we're going to take it. And the one way you do that, friends, is through prayer and fasting. It adds tremendous spiritual power to your prayers. And, uh, you know, it adds tremendous spiritual power to a church, to church unlimited praying and fasting over these next days. will lift our authority in God, our power in God. And we'll begin to be able to take on regions and see them begin to fall before God and see this expansion increase far and wide. I was praying a while ago. You know that, and I felt God say to me, to fulfill our destiny as Church Unlimited, we need to be a people who fast and who pray. You know, Daniel had a call to bring an end to the Babylonian captivity. It was his anointing, it was his call. God had said it was going to happen. But it wasn't until he fasted 21 days that God came upon him and he was able to fulfill God's destiny upon his life. In Joel 2, in verse 28, we read the promise, a great promise that we love and many of us quote from the New Testament, and it says this, shall come to pass afterward. Everyone say afterward. 
Yeah. That I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. It's a great promise of God to pour out His spirit. How many of you would love to see God pour out His spirit across this nation? Wouldn't, wouldn't we all love to? But why does it say afterward? Well, after what? Come to pass afterward. Let's just go to Joel chapter 1 and verse 14. And it says, who knows if he will turn and relent. Sorry, not Joel. Yeah, Joel 1, 14, sorry. Consecrate a fast, call a sacred assembly, gather the elders, the inhabitants of the land into the house of the Lord your God and cry out to the Lord. It's called to prayer and fasting. And then in 2 and verse 12, it says this. And now therefore, says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. After that has taken place. After there's been prayer and after there has been fasting, then God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. God wants to pour out his spirit all across the nation of New Zealand. From Kaitaia through Frongaway to Auckland, right down through Wellington and Christchurch, right down to the South Island, to the ends of our land. God wants to pour out his spirit. And that is a mantling, that is the anointing that Church Unlimited carries from heaven. It's a mandate we have from God. We will see His Spirit poured out. But one of the things that we must engage in, we've got to drink this medicine that doesn't taste that nice. We've got to put, put ourselves to prayer and to fasting. We've got to seek God like we have never sought Him before. We've got to pray for our conference. We've got to pray for our nation. We've got to pray for an outbreak of the Holy Spirit. We can sing heaven come down and it's great to sing it. But friends, we also need to fast it down. We need to pray it down. We need to call it down. We need to cry it down. We need to say, God, will you have mercy on our land? God, will you show favor on this broken nation that is falling far away from God? Lord, would you do something? We know that you're weeping over the nation of New Zealand, but Lord, we want to stand with you and we want to catch your heartbeat for this nation to see a great revival, to see an outbreak of the Spirit of God, to see heaven open wide. Our cry remains, our God, open the heavens wide and pour out your Spirit on us. You know, prayer and fasting collectively can make such a massive difference. Praying on your own is one thing, but collectively one will put a thousand to flight, two will put 10,000 to flight. When we pray collectively, we can change a nation. When Esther, the decree went out, the Jews were all to be destroyed, the whole nation destroyed. And she set herself and called the nation three days of prayer and fasting. The nation was saved through prayer and fasting. Jehoshaphat was facing a great battle. They were overwhelmed and outnumbered. 2 Chronicles 20. And uh, this army came against them. They turned to collective prayer and fasting. And God worked miracles and breakthrough. And a great victory was won. Over and over again, we see collective prayer and fasting has the power to change a nation. And our calling in God is to change this nation of New Zealand and the nations of the world. In Jesus' name, amen.